welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, after a one-week hiatus. The jerks are back, baby. Lamb here on the ones and twos. Joining me on the other end is my guy back from Greece, the motherland. Ernie, what it do? Oh, yeah, your boy is back. The, uh, the fire spitter, too sweet to be bitter. Got the jerk universe behind me, and I got more wrestling bars than Mr. Softy in the 90s. So, uh, your boy is back. How was your trip, man? Yeah, very well deserved, I must say. I don't know if I said it on the on the show, but I know uh, you work hard, man, and you really don't take any days off unless it's to go to wrestling events. So, how was your trip, man? <laughs> to be honest, it was great, man. I mean, I haven't um, aside. I mean, be, be, before this year, I haven't been on a plane since uh, uh, I was nineteen, and I'm and I'm thirty two now. So you guys do the math. It's been a long time since I've really taken time off to. Uh, get away and you know enjoy other other parts if you will but it was great man you know i got to see family you know the food is tremendous the weather is great the women are a lot of great girls put it to you that way this time of year so uh it was good man i had a guy had a great time happy to be back though happy to be back in the saddle yeah it's definitely good to have you back what would you say your involvement with keeping up with uh watching the product has been over the last two weeks I was able to access the network, so I did see some of the clash. Unfortunately, um, they actually air Raw and SmackDown, believe it or not, on uh, in Greece. But at the t- like when they air it, it's usually like in the middle of the night, so I'm either out or sleeping during that time. You know, if I'm there, so uh, I didn't really get to. Uh, but I followed up with everything. You know, whatever uh, happened, I caught the highlights. Uh, you know, it's been a eventful couple of weeks as we head into the uh, the new season. We have season premieres coming up. Yeah, we do, man. And a lot of turnover with what's happening in wrestling right now. And, you know, uh, Justin isn't with us today. He will be on next week. Very important show announcement next week concerning the jerks and what's going to be happening going forward. So you do not want to miss that. I will reiterate this statement as well through social media and at the end of the episode as well but ernie let's dive into a couple of things that i definitely want to discuss on this episode today and that is first and foremost um i feel as if it was only a matter of time and it's something that i've been clamoring from the beginning but it seems like we're gonna get kofi defending his title against brock lesnar next week and if you are a kofi supporter if you've enjoyed kofi mania which i've genuinely enjoyed Kofi Mania I think it's very fitting that it's going to be Brock I've been asking for it to be Brock I've been wanting it not to be Brock in the universal title picture and now with it debuting on Fox next Friday night it's going to be their premiere what better way than to have Brock Lesnar show up on your first show and he's going to beat Kofi in my opinion And I think that is the right move to do because you want to attract the general audience into this. Brock Lesnar has the most mainstream appeal of anyone on the show, not named John Cena. I don't know what John Cena's status is going to be on the show next week. But how do you feel about Brock versus uh, Kofi and everything that I've just said? To be honest, I couldn't agree more because, like you said, we've been clamoring for this match for a while. Um, Brock Lesnar, if there's one thing we know about him, it's that um, a loss here will lead to a major win there somewhere in the, in the near future. And, you know, him, him losing to Rollins at SummerSlam um, wasn't 
that surprising because he's lost to him before at WrestleMania. But the fact that he lost at both of those major events really showed you that, okay, well, they've got something planned for him because, you know, he's been renewing his contract. He, you know, he's on board for the long haul, it seems. And um, like you said, man, Kofi's been riding high for the last six months, uh, six to eight months, basically since WrestleMania. So now it's the perfect time to have uh, Brock Lesnar come in because obviously, you know, it's almost a shoo-in. You know, you have, he's, he's the biggest box office draw in the WWE. Um, he's the most over heel by far. And the fact that, um, he, you know, it's new waters for him. It's, uh, uh, he's because ever since he returned in 2012, he's been prominently featured on raw. So, uh, this is for the first time now he's returning back to SmackDown where he was initially, you know, in his rookie year. So, uh, it's a big thing, you know. It's just it's, it's going to be a really interesting time to see. Uh, you know, I, I would be surprised if they don't switch the title. To be honest with you, I think this is it for Kofi. Not that he won't win the belt again, but Brock is the guy that if you want to like set the tone and kind of like have that first, you know, big moment on the first uh, season premiere, this is the way to go. Yeah, you got to think that they're going to try to pull out all the stops to get as many people tuned into this show and I think having Brock on that show. Yeah. I didn't even think about him being exclusively a member of raw all this time. And yeah, I, I like it. I like that concept. I like that idea. Um, I will say I do like one thing that's happening in wrestling and it seems as if this Becky and Sasha feud is really heating up. Um, and it's going, they're doing a rematch at Hell in a Cell. I think it's nice. I think it's very telling. Do you think this was exactly what Becky Lynch needed to really get people m more involved in her story again? Because it kind of was growing stale, no? Yeah, no, honestly, because after all this time, it seems like her main opponent has been Charlotte. We've seen Charlotte and Becky so many times that um, she does. She needed a fresh opponent, a fresh feud. And, um, you know, like, she's she's worked programs since WrestleMania with uh, with Lacey Evans. She worked with Natalia. But let's be honest. I mean, Sasha, she's money, baby. You know, and she's back. And she's uh, the whole heel turn has been tremendous. She's been doing fantastic work in the ring and out of the ring. You know, she's, uh, in my opinion, she's a total package, Sasha. And I know Justin, the wrestling classic, would agree that's, like, his top girl, too. Um, as far as the feud with Becky, it, it's fresh. You know, it's something new. It works. You know, the the mic work has been good on both sides. It's a believable feud because you have Becky who rose to prominence in the last year. And Sasha took time off because it's been well documented. She was very um, upset with her booking and uh, just a lot of things in general. So she had to take time off and came back. So it's almost like it just fits together, you know. And then you add the dynamic of Charlotte in the mix and then Bailey's heel turn and that whole... Um, uh, you know the, the the lineup of that and how they have a, they they have a tag match next week on the season premiere of SmackDown. So you know the battle lines are drawn and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I like it. Yeah, I definitely like it, and it seems like it was something that the women's division definitely needed, uh, especially with um, all that's been going on with a couple of recycling of the same exact storylines here and there and whatnot, and. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that it's something to consider going forward. I enjoy it. Um, 
and also let's not forget it, it's I mean it's the four horsewomen. So right, yes, everyone's it, going up against each other one way or another. There's that dynamic as well, yeah. Remind me to tell you something about that after the show off air, a little behind the scenes, brother, brother. Uh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Bray Wyatt's been attacking attacking Seth Rollins. Now he's a challenger for the Universal title. Again, Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is next Sunday, right? It is uh, not this Sunday. It's a week from this upcoming Sunday. Yeah, it's the 6th of October. Okay, so it's going to be very interesting to see how all that works out between having the debut of SmackDown that Friday on Fox and then doing a pay-per-view that Sunday. Well, I, I didn't even think about that. You're right. So I think that's terrible spacing, personally. Yeah. Um, I feel like the debut on Fox. Now, look, it could also be a marketing <laughs> Uh, a genius marketing plan, right? You have uh-huh. all these eyes on your product for this debut on Fox. And then if they like what they see, and I think they're going to throw the kitchen sink at this Friday night, man. I think next Friday is going to be the best SmackDown that we've seen in a very, very long time that had nothing to do with a reunion because yeah. they're going to get a lot of eyes. They already have a lot of people on like NFL Sunday countdown and shit, and they're promoting this. They're promoting it on Thursday Night Football as well. They'll be promoting it even more. Right, they had one of the guys. I think Rob Stone is listed as a twenty four seven champion. He got uh, he pinned r truth also. So like, there's gonna be a lot of crossover. And from the beginning, I was saying it was just an ideal pairing between the two. I think it's gonna be very telling as to how they're gonna be spacing out SmackDown pay per view Raw, and we're gonna get it right away. Debut first and foremost. Yeah. And also, I mean, you factor in, like, during the time of year where they have the takeovers, um, it's going to, I mean, as far as NXT is just concerned, you know, it, it, the spacing is kind of intriguing, so we're going to have to see how they pull that off. Um, but, you know, with, with SmackDown being on Friday and then the pay-per-view being two days later, it is like a nice, almost like a nice commercial to really promote the pay-per-view and kind of, like, give the audience something to something to think about because um right as of right now Kofi doesn't have a match for the pay-per-view but he is scheduled you know in the match with Brock Lesnar so it kind of makes you wonder will Kofi um take the L there and then like they do an automatic rematch at the pay-per-view you know the jury is out anything could happen at this point which is interesting because it is not as predictable as it used to be so the fact that we can't, we don't really know what's going to happen. That's always a good thing. I feel like it makes it makes you want to tune in and see at least what direction they'll go. Yeah, I didn't even think about that not being um, him not being on the card as of now. So yeah, let's see with that. What else we got here on this tremendous uh, message that Ernie has uh, put together? So Rude and Ziggler win the Raw titles. Revival wins the SmackDown titles. Um. How do we feel about the tag team picture currently in wrestling? It it could use a kick in the ass because right now, I mean, you have a lot of great teams lined up. But the problem is, I don't think the booking team on either side, Raw or SmackDown, take the division that seriously. It's almost like an afterthought. Uh, you have the Revival um, that are the first team in history to win the NXT tag titles, the Raw tag titles, and the SmackDown championships. So, uh, you know, congrats to them for that. Uh, you know, you have this uh, makeshift team of Root and Ziggler, which works. You know, it gives them both something to do, both great heels individually, but together, you know, it just 
somehow it has a way of working. The problem is they they don't feature the the tag team titles as like a, you know, not on like the the, the level of the other championships, you know, and even like we've spoken about how the United States and the Eric Continental title have taken a back seat to the to the other titles. You know, it's like you, if you have a, that big of a roster and that many teams, if you think about it, there's at least eight teams on each roster, which is quite a bit, you know, <laughs> compared to the days of when they had almost like maybe two to three or five good ones. Um, again, I think if they, it's just too much championships, man. I feel like both brands don't need a title. If you unify them and have one set of titles where the champions defend on both brands, that would be a little more uh, interesting and just less to keep up with, but but more to tune into. Man, I, I can't get over the idea that so there's going to be a draft, which makes no sense because I think now if you're okay, all right, let's just paint this picture. Say you're the head president of Fox. I'm the head president of USA. Um, I'm gonna be like, yo. I just if if I'm USA, I'm gonna be like, well, Raw's your number one show, correct? Yeah, but Fox just paid you for bill or whatever amount of money they paid. Do we know? Do we have the number on that? What it was? There was an actual figure on that, but uh, it's escaping me right now. But it was a very high price. It was a huge number. SmackDown Live Fox deal. Let's just see if we can pull that up. So what I'm saying is, I don't think. I would be happy with you having all the top guys on your show. Like, how is the deal is worth two hundred and five million annually, one point two one point oh two five billion over the life of the pact. So one billion twenty five million is the total deal. Must be nice. Must be really yeah. nice. And again, you know, like we said, the cross promotion sports rights portfolio include major league baseball. There's an football, NFL. So, yeah, like we mentioned, this is what this uh, post from, where is this from? The Hollywood Reporter says. So, I think I think it's not going to work out. I think that you're going to have to have everyone split. I can't, not split, all combined. Because I don't think Fox would be like, hey, man, I just gave you a billion dollars. Like, I need to have Seth and... Sasha and Becky on my show too. It can't just be on yours. Yeah, because what happens is when you have a roster with so much talent on it, um, if a, say a talent on Raw is starting to really get over, kind of like Becky did last year, Fox is going to look at that and be like, "Well, that's a huge, you know, name. It's a huge draw. Why don't we have them on Fox?" And you know, they're thinking like business. They don't care about creative. They're just thinking like, I don't know how involved they will be with the creative end of it, but I know from a business perspective, you do want all the top players, male and female, on your brand, you know, the brand that you're paying for. So it's like, you know, again, this all goes back to, like, the whole nucleus of the problem is that uh, they have such a big roster that they, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. And so, you know, the only solution to that is naturally you have to downsize and you have to, let a lot of people go that you're not using. You know, you have five hours of TV a week, six if you count 205 Live. But really, I mean, as far as TV, yeah, you have five hours of TV a week, and you're kind of using only about, I would say, half your roster, maybe a, maybe three-fifths of it. So 
Well, there's a lot of guys on the sidelines. There's, there's a lot of guys getting paid to just be on the roster and not do anything. And it kind of makes you wonder. And I'm sure it's true. A lot of talent is just being paid so they so they won't go anywhere else. You know, right now is a very crazy time as far as that. And Vince doesn't want to let anybody go and get over somewhere else because uh, there's competition and knocking, you know? Yeah, I think in-house competition is exactly what you'll need to what I think is going to end up happening. Um, all right. What else do we have over here in this email? Um, what do you think about NXT, man? I didn't watch it, but I heard it did really good uh, numbers. I heard that it got over a million viewers, which is, I don't know how surprising it is, but it's really good for them. Keep in mind that right now they're airing unopposed, you know, for this, for last week and this week, the first hour airs on USA, and then the second hour is exclusive to the network. The big test will be how they do when All Elite Wrestling debuts on, I'm not sure of the date, I, I, I want to say it's the 3rd of October, that Wednesday, that's going to be uh, the, the most telling thing, because uh, as far as who's watching what and who's interested in you know the product, um, it's good. I mean, I like that. The only thing that I don't like about NXT right now that is on the USA Network is that it's still airing from Full Sail in uh, Florida. And the thing is, you have a crowd that is so used to that product, and it's almost like you're performing in front of the same people every week. And it's, I don't know, that doesn't really do it for me. That like That is part of the reason why I don't watch it to begin with. I watch all the takeovers, but I don't watch the regular product because it's almost like, it, 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 it does kind of have like a minor league feel to it when you have such a small arena and such a narrow audience, I would say. As over as the product is, I mean, I'm not saying not to take away anything from the talent or the booking. It's just, it's different when, when you're competing in front of 10,000 people as opposed to like 1,000 uh, who are conditioned to the product, you know. So they're going to cheer for the same stuff, boo for the same stuff. So it's almost like, eh. You know, it kind of takes it away from me. Man, it's a lot of wrestling, bro. It is really, really a lot of wrestling. Um, do you think it would ever work if they moved Raw from Monday? Or you think Raw on Monday is going to be a forever thing as long as wrestling's around? It has been I also the most, like, the most consistent thing with wrestling is Raw on Monday, pay-per-view on Sunday. Everything else has been maneuvered around countless times. I've actually thought about that. I, I've wondered what, what what it would be like if they were to move, you know, because, I mean, Raw has always, has been on a Monday since day one, you know, so it's like for them to move it, it would be a huge move. It kind of makes you wonder what day they would move it to. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a poor decision to have SmackDown on Fridays because Friday is, um, for a lot of people, it's when, you know, it's, it's, it's a night when they go out. It's the end of the week. It's the end of the work week traditionally. So you know, so you know, it's not a lot of people are gonna stay are are gonna want to be watching TV at that time. No, no matter what channel, what station it is, whatever the product is, and in today's climate, when you have so many options as far as viewership, it, it makes you wonder how many people are actually gonna watch this thing live. Because I know I'm not. My reason being is that I have work during that time, so I'm gonna have to catch it, you know, later. But. I don't think Friday's a good day for wrestling. I think, and to be honest, I kind of get tired of pay-per-views on Sundays because I don't know why, why they don't switch it up and have them on Saturdays. I don't know what the reason 
because I mean they've always had them on Sundays, but I think putting them on Saturdays like UFC is usually on Saturday, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I feel like would wouldn't it be more? I don't know if it'd be more successful, but I know I would enjoy it more because when you have it on the weekend, it, it's different. It's just a different vibe. Knowing that you know, are there's a pay per view, then the next day you have to get up to go to work. I don't know. There's like there's a bit of a pressure there because these pay per views run late. Keep in mind. A lot of these things go until 12, 12.30 a.m. People, are, people, adults are trying to sleep, you know, <laughs> getting up in the morning. So, Man, you know what? The, I, I wonder if the reason why they went to Sunday was because boxing in the past before the UFC blew up was always on Saturdays. Yeah, it was always on Saturday, yeah. So maybe not to ever have it run on the same night. I mean, look, I know I know wrestling isn't a sport as far as like X's and O's and wins, do they matter or not or whatever, but... I wonder if, you know, heyday Mike Tyson, heyday, um, yeah, I'd say more so Mike Tyson. Like, mm-hmm. shit, I would rather watch a boxing, a heavyweight boxing match than a pay per view. Granted, look, Attitude Era might be a completely different conversation, but I think speaking the I, of, the concept yeah, is the yeah. same. And you know, speaking of the Attitude Era, the other day I was thinking about, I was actually flipping through the network, looking at all the. Uh, pay-per-view options you know there was a time when they had like there was 30 major wrestling pay-per-views a year because you figure it was um okay so it was 12 wwf one for each month 12 wcw and every other month they had six ecw pay-per-views so i'm just like man how many like they were the pay-per-view business back in the day was so different as opposed to like now how everything is um essentially you know now it's streaming so it's kind of hard to calculate who's actually ordering, even though they do offer the options to still order it on pay-per-view and pay 60 bucks. But when you have the network at ten at a nine ninety nine a month, it really makes you wonder if there's any cycles out there that are actually ordering it. I think it's just like, so nine ninety nine a month, as opposed to ordering a pay-per-view for 50 bucks. All you got to do is watch rumble and mania once a year. And like, mm. instead of like, you get what you would pay for the network, right? So, yeah, yeah, because I mean, Mania is like what, like eighty bucks in HD, something like that. Yeah, so why not do? <laughs> I, I think if, I think if you watch any sort of wrestling, no matter how much you might consume, I just mm. think that the optimal play would be to get, um, the network, you know. Yeah, and I think there, there's a rumor to be now like they're, they're going to start inc- incorporating tiers to where um, they're going to leave it as is, nine ninety nine for those that are subscribed now. And the rumor is they're going to add more content, but then, of course, you're going to have to pay a little more to get that content, depending on what it is. So it's a good incentive business-wise, but I really wonder how, how much more content do, do people really need? Right. Well... Sometimes more isn't better, but sometimes it also is. So it it depends on what they're trying to. I think they're just trying to get more money out of it too. You know, like if you're, if you get, it's similar to like the setup I have on the VM Patreon. You know, the Patreon page for VM. It's like, well, depending on how much you donate and pledge, you get more. There's more incentive to it. So maybe like WWE might be like, yo, twenty dollars a month. And you get all the pay-per-views, but you also get some, like, exclusive shit that no one else gets that's in the $9, you know? So there's right, ways right. around it or, 
you know, promo codes to merch sales and whatever. So there is that. Look, I want to I want to touch on one more thing before we go. Relatively short episode because I am hamstrung on time. I'm going out for the Thursday night football game tomorrow and I have a meeting in the city. So I have to move VM to Wednesday. With that being said, how do you feel about this right here going on with Roman Reigns, Eric Rowan, now Luke Harper's back. He interfered at the last pay-per-view. Daniel Bryan's babyface turn again. It seems like we're getting Reigns and Bryan going up against uh, the old Wyatt family members. Is this going to be just something where it was uh, it's it, it's plotting against Roman Reigns? Like Daniel Bryan you know, is just plotting against him? You know, it, initially that's what I thought it was because this whole thing with Daniel Bryan has been... Um, I it's been setting up to be a swerve because you know you have Rowan involved and all that. Initially, the, the the what I understand the plan was to have Daniel Bryan be the guy that was behind all of it. They could still go in that direction, but now it seems as though they're gonna they're good. They're they're pushing Rowan as like the guy that actually you know did all this stuff to Roman Reigns, and now they brought back Harper, and all this is just kind of setting up the uh, babyface turn for Daniel Bryan, although. I wonder if it's a swerve because Daniel Bryan, uh, his heel turn has been in the last year has been really good, really successful. This might just be another layer to it where, you know, you have him um, double cross Roman Reigns and then join uh, Rowan and Harper to form like a faction. And of course, you know, there's no shield to back up Roman because Rollins is on Raw and Ambrose is no more. So going to be interesting to see who. You know what? Now, now, now that I think about it, I have the perfect uh, partners for Roman Reigns. If they, if Dale Bryan were, were to turn and have like Harper and Rowan on, on his side, I have uh, Reigns partners in mind. Tell me. The Usos. Because mm. they've been they, they've been off TV for about two months. I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the most recent DUI arrest about Jimmy Uso. Um, it's not his first, and hopefully, you know, be, and be, because of that, they weren't allowed entry into uh, Toronto when they did SummerSlam. So when something like that starts to mess with your plans, I think they, they, they start to say, okay, well, let's take a step back. Let's give, uh, let's, I mean, if somebody needs treatment or some type of counseling or whatever it is, you know, they, because the Usos are a big team and they just signed a new deal. You know, they're probably the, the best team that they have on the roster. So you want to protect those guys and make sure that. They're firing on all cylinders. And, um, yeah, man, perfect backup for Roman. I think um, if they were to – in the draft, I think if they were to keep the guys in place that they have now, the Usos crossing over from Raw would be good. You have six-man tags built in. You have Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns moving forward. Um, the Usos against Harper and Rowan, which have put on some great matches in the past. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, mean I, I, I would go with that. But uh, let's see where they go with it. I'm I'm all for I think a heel turn, Usos and and Reigns just kind of like running rough shop through everybody in their way. And also, I mean, stupid question because I know the answer, but do you do you do you think Roman Reigns should uh, change his gear up a little bit to kind of complement the Uso style and kind of have him, you know, the whole vest thing that that's still very Shield. I think it's time Roman maybe a new look, a little makeover, something a little more, I don't know, different. Not against it. 
I wouldn't say I'm against it. Obviously, I don't want the Usos to show up in Shield gear because then that'd just be right, a knockoff right. like that. But I yeah. do think something like if they had like an Umaga look, mm-hmm. being with their culture and being Samoan and whatnot, I think that would that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see. All right, well, we could we can stop here, guys. Like I mentioned, oh. well, go on. Oh, one very last thing, real short, real quick. What do you think of our new King of the Ring, uh, Baron Corbin? Uh, hell of a call on your end. I know you were on that. Thank also, you, also, yeah, you know what, man? I, I can't front. He's shit. About like eighteen months ago, I said there's no way this guy would ever do it for me, and you know, sort of repackaged on the fly, shaved his head. He also great theme song. Great theme song. He also did um, great heel stuff. So I kind of liked it. I like it. So yeah, let's. Uh, and we've and we we've spoken about how the King of the Ring is designed for for a heel. A heel. Yes, absolutely. It's so, it's so much better when a heel wins it because they have more room to work with the gimmick itself. Right. Right. Yeah. And and just like being an asshole always just works. Absolutely. But, all right, man. Uh, where can they find you if they want to contact you? I'm on all social media platforms at 3RN11E. You can find me at The Lamb Show on all social media outlets as well. And we will catch you guys next time on The Jerks Bay Bay.